Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you and enjoy the show. All right, we are here with a very special Cody and Aaron episode. So it's going to get super nerdy, super foreign policy, super history e, and no JM to have his weird libertarian liberal thoughts that don't make sense. Right? Just our weird wishy-washy, mostly liberal thoughts that don't make sense. I worry about that young man. Yeah, it turns out uh, I had to ask him what the fuck his deal was, and turns out he is down with the cystness. He's getting a cyst removed from his uh, his uh, d- d- wrist. I was like, oh, cool. You didn't tell anyone you had a wrist cyst. Okay, well, he's not dead, so that's good. Well, I was hoping it was to do with his feet, but apparently uh, it's not. The feet are still an well, issue. Well, I assumed it was the feet, so learning that it wasn't. That was my assumption. I'm like, oh, cool. cool. Well, good on you for checking in on him. Jesus, I'm an asshole. Well, <laughs> you just said, like, minor surgery. I'm like, wait, what is he getting done? Yeah, I don't remember that being part of his uh, recovery plan, but, I mean, why not? I don't know. Maybe he's, like, real solidarity with the the community, and he's, like, getting boobs done or something. Not far off. <laughs> I don't know. He would, he wouldn't do that, and we already regret saying that. Right? He's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me, dude. How's your week been? What's the deal with you? Uh, I mean, outside of work stuff, it's been great. Like, yeah, like the having great time with the kids. Uh, Monday at off, so I ran five miles in Austin at Town Lake. So that's like the equivalent of. You doing 30 miles out on, like, Vancouver Island or some shit? Big time. Yeah, it's like, ah, I drove 27 miles so I can run five. This is the premier place to run. Whatever, dude. Like, you probably drink a beer afterwards, right? I I had a margarita and some tacos. Dude, I mean. It was great. That sounds like a great way to spend a, an afternoon. It was a nice Monday, then I uh, got home and then made a. Uh, Horchata Rice Krispie Treats with the kids. It was nice. Oh, dude, send me some of those. Yeah, it's like our local grocery store has Horchata Rice Krispies. I'm like, well, I should make Horchata Rice Krispie Treats. And the marshmallows definitely overpower the Horchata taste, but you get some of it. Okay. I've been using Golden Grahams and, like, salted uh, pretzels to do uh, Rice Krispies. Golden Grahams. Yeah, man. What was the uh, cereal with, like, the weird Tasmanian devil? Honeycombs. My guy, those are some tasty, tasty <laughs> snacks Honey right there. Honeycombs. Honeycombs. They had the, uh, when we were kids, they had the, it was like a weird. It's like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Crash like this Bandicoot, badger. Man. It was like Crash Bandicoot want Tasmanian devil thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I remember, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tasty cereal. Uh, you know, they. They advertised a lot of health value to it, but uh, the fact that I could probably eat a whole box to myself probably says that there's a uh, lot of sugar in it, right? I mean, my favorite thing is, like, it's in my hand. I know it's all sugar, but yet the, the box says it's enriched with vitamins. I'm like, in what way? <laughs> it's like fat But, uh, yeah. Yeah. How was your week? Uh, it's been really good, man. Um Monday afternoon was like the first day that I didn't really have anything to do for the last six weeks. And I love that. So family time, friend time, cycling trips, uh, 
there's podcasting in there. There's concerts. I got to go see Queens of Stone Age and the Viagra yeah, Boys. Yeah, so I'm, wait, it was Queens of Stone Age and Viagra Boys. Viagra together? Boys opened for Queens of Stone oh, Age. Oh, that's cool. I missed Little Sims. I uh, I had some other uh, conflicting plans. So that was one show that I was actually also looking forward to. Um, but again, like it's it been so awesome to have so much to do all the time and feels like this is pretty much how I wanted to live my life, traveling, spend time with family and friends. So it's been yeah, really awesome. Not bad. So Queens so Viagra Boys, like are they great in person? They're amazing. They're super loud. It's pretty no frills rock and roll, so I figure it'd be a good live show too. For sure. Oh, dude, it gets even cooler, man. Um, for that show, a friend of mine was one of the gig workers. They're unionized here, so uh, he picked okay. up the job at the Climate Pledge Arena, and so I could see him moving stuff up on the stage. And his among the worst names for an arena, we can agree on that, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's supposed to be a great arena. Yeah, I don't know what they're actually saving in the world, but I think like the idea. Thank God they named it that. <laughs> right, place for you to spend your money. Um, anyway, my buddy, his name on Call of Duty was Diet Thor, so I tried calling his actual name a few times and I didn't get a response. But I called out Diet Thor and he stood up, turned around, and looked our way. He knew I was going to be at the show. Um, <laughs> But I absolutely, like, I picked out a spot right next to the mixer because I think that that's probably the best place for sound, and it was just far enough away. Um, so he, he found me over there, but um, he got me a T-shirt. It has Queens of the Stone Age, local, or, uh, Queens of the Stone Age logo on it, but then it says nice. local crew, and it's stuff that they pass out to the gig workers every time they come into town. You know, Oh, that's it. cool. So he got me one of those shirts. That's pretty cool. Um, but Queens of Stone Age, they were excellent. The Viagra Boys were excellent. Um, dude, I got to see Queens of Stone Age play I Want to Make It With You. Um, oh, I think I got to play song. that one live. That's been one of my favorite songs since I was probably like 16 or 17. I was going to say, I think that song came out. It was out. a Desert Session song back then. Yeah, high school. Yeah. Dude, that, that's awesome. Not a bad, yeah. You said you had that going on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, that's not a bad Wednesday at all. I took the bus home from the concert. I was all hammered on the bus. Got home at 1 o'clock in the morning. How's that? I'm sure Thursday is a little rough. Well, I mean, it was Queens of Stone Age. You you made do. You rallied. Of course I did. Still young enough I can do those things. Like once a quarter. No. Once a <laughs> Once year. A <laughs> Once a quarter, man. I uh a friend of mine's brother is very smart and went to a very prestigious uh business school. But uh before he went there, he was just a very successful like tech guy. Like he had an engineering degree, but he wasn't a total dork, so therefore he could talk to people. Which is highly sought after in that world. Like, like, okay, you got the credentials, and you're not awkward. Awesome. So they got him like a sales engineer gig, which that's not bad. And uh, <laughs> he was hammered one time talking to me about like drug use. He's like, it's like I don't know, is it bad that like I do cocaine sometimes? I'm like, I don't know, like how much cocaine do you do? He's like, you know, like if it's been a good, like if it's you know like. Into your, if it's quarterly bonuses, like then, I'm like, okay, so you do cocaine once a quarter? He's like, yeah, just then. I'm like, you're fine, dude. That's you're you're fine. You're not you're not an addict. You'd have to know him and his brother to just realize like how just like on point that train of thought is. It's like, no, dude, you're good. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the and ride. Now he's like, now he's like top. 10 business school graduated and with yeah just fucking owns the world good for him i like to think he still does it once a quarter why not <laughs> yeah i hope it's not a bad drug if you know how to rain you know take the reins you know you say that but if but you I could... let it 
if you let it take the reins, then it's not a good try. I can't say that I've ever had an experience with it where it's like all of it comes out and you're like, this is awesome. There has always been something where you have like either a cokehead or you're in a cokehead's house situation kind of happening at the same time. And you're like, okay, this is absolutely ruining the vibe because there's an actual cokehead, you know? Or just like you and some guy like trapped in a buddy's bathroom and you're just like talking about what we'll talk about, like this really Palestinian conflict, like, fuck, we are not in the right mind to talk about this, but okay, we're doing this. I mean, much like this, dude, that might be the segue. (laughs) Can you clean that up one more time? God, no, go for it, man. Come on. I just sneezed. I just sneezed. So what do you guys think about this whole thing going on in Israel? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's a good question. What do you know? I I can give you some general, like, context points out there, but um, for the case of, like, like, let's just come at it from the point of most American citizens because you and I have, like, pretty similar similar, uh, degree points. We've definitely taken the political science classes but let's pretend like we didn't take those political science classes and answer that question yeah for me like i have a history degree i did not focus much on middle eastern uh history per se but i did sorry i did take oh god what was it like european history the where like just fucking like balls deep the world war period and a big chunk of the both world war periods is there is the Palestinian uh, Jewish question. So prior to world war one, there is a Zionist movement. Some of it's anti-Semitic in nature, other it's pro-Semitic in nature, but they somehow kind of joined forces. So to put in context, you're familiar with the concept of Liberia in the 1800s, right? No. So Liberia is a country in Africa currently. Okay. But Liberia is also set up in the 1800s, same place, as a place to send African slaves rather than freeing them in America. It was like, go back there. We got you land. (laughs) So that's kind of the root of Liberia. What could go wrong? I mean, yeah, they're like, oh, just go back. Here's a place to go. Go back. And like that was that was kind of a gist of it. In a lot of ways, I think the idea of Israel to anti-Semitics in Europe and probably America was just go back. Like the Bible says that's where you're from. Just go back. And, you know, so like that was just a concept. Well, following World War One. The uh, I forget the name of the uh, pact or mandate. Yeah, I think it's mandate. All of the Middle Eastern territory was broken up because the Ottoman Empire sided with the German Empire and the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, and they lost. You know, in World War One, right? So Ottoman Empire is now been dropped down to Turkey, and everything else around it that was formerly Ottoman. Has been split between uh, Fr- French, English, and maybe just French and English rule. And that sort of uh, is where we go into World War II. But with the Brit, so the British had control over what is now, or what was then, the entire place was called Palestine. So that was, I'm going to butcher the lines, but that area that is Israel now was Palestine, or called Palestine, and it was full of. Palestinians, whether they were Jewish, Muslim, Christian, or what have you. And then so we all know what happens in World War II to the Jewish people in Europe, and that's uh, pretty fucking terrible. So there's an outpouring of support for the Jewish people to have somewhere to go, somewhere to call home. So you've kind of already had this catalyst for a movement over in you know that neck of the woods and there's a 
I mean, I'm I'm cutting through a lot of steps here, but into World War II, there's essentially a international mandate to set up a Jewish homeland. However, much like America, the Jewish people went there, and there's already people occupying that land. They already had governments, you know, set up under the British, so forth, so forth. So it's not like you got them land in Antarctica and said, hey, here's this fresh virgin soil. Do with it as you will. It's like, ah, no, there's actually like fucking people here and they've got their own, you know, creeds and thoughts, beliefs and, you know, how they'd like to live. So that's sort of how the nation of Israel comes to be. You know, all of it's coming from, by 1946, it's all coming from a good place. And there's a lot of reason to throw a whole lot of support behind those folks finding a home. But there is the question of the people who are already there. And that question, that conflict, that problem has now erupted into, I don't know, probably its dozenth war. And that's where we're at today. After um, Hamas did a giant rocket attack and then sent over, you know, like I guess over a hundred grounds people over to the point where I think they're using like, like lawnmower repelled gliders to invade. Cause I'm sure you know this and maybe the audience knows this, but the Gaza is one of the heaviest surveilled areas in the entire world. If there's a gadget or gizmo that, Trump or Greg Abbott would have wanted at the American border. The Israelis have been using it for over 10 years, like infrared night vision. Uh, I don't know, fucking tripwires and alligators, probably all of it. I don't know, but they are, you know, kind of the end all be all in the security and uh, surveillance state. But they, uh, they missed this one. Big time. So that's kind of where we're at going into the weekend. Initial res- reports that were popping up on my phone were Israeli 9-11. That's, that's terrifying because 9-11... They're calling it that, yeah. 9-11 has defined, our, uh, defined a lot of the last 20 I years. Mean, I mean, it, it has. Defined your military career, I'm sure. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, it defined, like, generation... You know, a generation of uh, young men that define their lives. Um, but much like any 9-11, if you can't be the 9-11 of something, if it you don't also involve an intelligence failure. <laughs> that, What's that, that get boiled down a, to? Where does this or how does it happen? Because uh, I was familiar with the idea that they were conducting battle drills right in front of Israeli surveillance. And I mean, that's insane. Like for them to just be doing battle drills right there. Like the Israelis are watching I'm like, Oh, look at these goofball goofballs. What are we doing? Yeah. You're like and, breaching a mine wire obstacle and then <laughs> driving motorcycles into the breach. Like, ah, what man, could go wrong? Look at these plucky bastards. <laughs> A breach of my yeah. obstacles a battle drill that you do. It's a whole thing. I mean, one of the things that's been, you know, trotted out in the news and confirmed is the Egyptians like, hey, we we told them that something was happening. We don't know what, but there was a, some sort of big plan was in was out there. And the initial Israeli reaction was like, no, there wasn't. And then like, well, yes, we we knew there was something, but there was no specifics. It's like, okay, much like our own 9-11, there was rumors out there saying like, hey, like, I think something's going on. We're like, eh, no big deal. You always say something's going on. And then finally, something happened. Uh, Sounds so to me like somebody's I'm, losing their job. Yeah, so in regards of, yes, there was a human cost you know, on the scale of nine eleven, you could say, but then there's also already the because things move faster now. 
they just it took a long time for America and the world to point like, no, 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 we told you there was an Al Qaeda thing happening. And for us, like now it's like within days, like, hey, no, no, we told you and we're going to tell the world we told you and you guys flubbed it up. Took forever for America. That happened in America, (laughs) but it happened. Yeah. So um, what does this issue look like historically or how is it? How have you? How have you shaped your opinion? Because this issue if i think way back when i knew nothing was so nebulous that i didn't even want to try to understand it and i just kind of ignored it until i was taking poli sci classes on the middle east specifically but um i didn't have an opinion until i took those poli sci classes yeah, and like this is a good opportunity to state, which we should have prefaced this entire conversation with, like we as a podcast don't owe anyone a stance on this, nor are we educated or experienced to have skin enough in the proverbial game to like call some big stance. We're just here to look at how we see what's going on and common to us are best for our abilities, which, you know, most people would probably listen to this and find it lacking. And that's fine. Like, we know that it's okay. But uh, that said, um, you can I, you can speak as much or as little on it as possible. I didn't mean to put you on right. the spot because I no, 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 I, 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 I want to say that out loud. There's a before lot of gravity like, there. I, I guess I, I, I mistake in it. Yeah. I mean, I forget. And, and like, I want to say that. Like, yeah, like we don't owe anyone a fucking answer on this. Uh, the only people who do owe anyone an answer to this would be the Israeli government and the Hamas organization. Uh, and I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, just, uh, yeah, those are the folks who owe anyone a talking to. Um, the conflict over there is over... F- 60 some odd years old uh, like I mentioned there essentially has been a war every few years over there and by war I don't necessarily mean a humongous armed conflict as much as I mean there have been full scale wars the 1948 war uh, the six day war the 19 the Yom Kippur war and then just your and then after that it sort of goes into uh, a good probably closest that I could think of would be the troubles in Ireland. If you're familiar with that time period where you have like right now there's Northern Ireland and there's Ireland and Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. And there's a lot of people there who don't want it to be, they want to be part of the rest of Ireland. And so therefore they carried out a series of, uh, mortar attacks in London proper, uh, the car bombings throughout England and such. So that's kind of, the, but they did that for like essentially 30, 40 years until there was a peace treaty. So that's the closest thing I consider for the Israeli Palestinian conflict. And it's not, and for them, it's surrounded. So Israeli, on top of that, Lebanon, below that is the little piece of Gaza, which and then Egypt, and then there's Jordan and Syria. I mean, you know, the Republican politicians like, well, that's our our greatest ally surrounded by people who wish they didn't exist. And I just don't think it's quite that simple. Has there been any kind of clarification to the Iranian connection? Is that to be true or false, or is it still in question? The knowledge that's out there today, uh, 10, 11, 23, is Hamas has said that Iranians gave them the go-ahead to do this. Like, they went on their little public access shows and said, yep, Iran says this is cool, so we're doing it. And then Iran has said, no, we didn't do that. The United States has been like, oh, we don't think we know that. 
and Israelis have said, no, we don't think we know that either. So either, I mean, now we're playing devil's advocate, of course, is it's either, yes, the Iranians did fund, train, and give a green light, which, what does green light mean? Because green light does not mean that Iranian troops are prepared to back them up. <laughs> so you know, there's some like weird, interesting stories about what Iran's security apparatus can do, and there has been at least one report of like the IRGC interacting with the CIA when they when we. Uh, you know, as the United States invaded Afghanistan, I find that to be kind of interesting because they were there. Of course, they did. Um, fighting the same people, the uh, enemy of my enemy, right? Uh, kind of situation. Or the this wouldn't be the fourth. I mean, that wouldn't be the first time we've horse traded by Iran, who, you know, on paper is like m- one of our mortal enemies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I mean, funny. Ronald but, I Reagan, mean, like, the eighties. Ronald Reagan in the eighties, his biggest pie in his face was the Iran Contra affair where he knew that we were trading <laughs> fucking weapons and arms to Iranians for hostages, and even though he said that wouldn't that wasn't happening. We also funded both sides in the Iraq Iran war, depending on who we are friends with at that, you know, given time. Hey man. Can I say something controversial now? Sure. I feel the same way about this conflict in that it's so very complicated. Um, and yeah. I have such a very low level of education when it comes to this stuff. Um, <clears throat> I'm certainly not a professional, but yeah. my personal opinion is free Palestine. And I'm here to say, and I'll say it again, with that said, I think the acts on behalf of Hamas is some of the most deplorable way to treat other humans. I think some of my first thoughts that came after that, with that in mind, is that um, lately I've been kind of thinking that all war is illegal and that it shouldn't happen, period. And if we start to back or or just kind of look in hindsight at what the Palestinian people have had to go through and I know Israelis and, and Jews have gone through similar acts of just uh treatment over the last hundred years. Um but if we go back as as far as the Ottoman Empire, um Arab Palestinians were interested in kind of managing their own own affairs and through the world wars and and the partitions and mandates and declarations we've kind of finally landed at this weird tug of war between the winners and the losers and i'm glad that there's a place for jews to go in the world because they do have that opportunity afforded to them through their faith it has come at such great cost to people that were never really in charge of themselves going back a hundred years ago when they were, you know, under the auspices of the uh, Ottoman empire. But again, I, I can't emphasize this enough that act of terror, I, I do not endorse, but Palestine, I would just love to know, uh, um, what planet, did Hamas think that uh, this attack wasn't going to be met by anything more than a fucking sledgehammer of retaliation? Um, I think personally, based on just how I view it, a two-state solution is something that should be worked towards. There, There is a precedent that obviously... That area of the world was Palestinian before a massive Jewish migration was there. 100%. Um, the Jews also deserve a, a slice of that pie. Uh, that's um, 
our our children's children's children are going to learn and read and have a greater depth of understanding of the fallout of the Holocaust than we ever will. We're still like you there there's still people who fought in World War Two alive. They're fewer and fewer today, but they're out there. And so that kind of puts it at what? Um theoretically someone's great grandfather or great great grandfather was there, right? Is that not more than likely it's not someone's grandfather at this fucking point. Like as far as our age group, I guess I should say. So we're not that far removed from this conflict that reshaped essentially global power. And it probably won't be for a few more generations that we really see the ramifications of the Nazis project in the Holocaust and the, you know, their final solution. And, you know, this, this conflict we're seeing today is still fallout from that. The anything involving the right to the Jewish state of Israel is fallout of that greater conflict, you know, from fucking, you know, going on 80 some odd years ago, which is fucking wild to think about. You know, it's kind of crazy that like people that so pick both up these folks are do it. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of calling attention to both sides here, and I think that's a, a really fair, fair direction yeah, I, to go. I, I, I'm willing to take anyone's critique that I'm riding both sides of the fence here, because I'm not here telling you, I, I will not sit on this podcast and tell you that one side's atrocities are greater than the others in this conflict. It's fucking... It's fucking disgusting, both sides. Um, I mean, like, know, how just, far do we got to keep pushing it, you know? Or how far do they yeah. got to keep kicking the problem down the road? Yeah, so, I mean, this this goes back to what I was saying. It's like, what I don't understand what, what, how Hamas thought that anything differently than the current outcome would happen. To me, that just as someone in fucking Georgetown, Texas... It looks to me as if they view their population as expendable for a future political goal. And if that's the case, then that's actually pretty scary because that tells you they're willing to do whatever to, you know, further advance their cause. Even if it's does not because their hopes are that the Israeli response is so fucking terrible and overwhelming that they come out as the good guys, even though they, you know, started out as the aggressor. That's the only way I can, that's the only way I can view this past weekend. You know, I think funny enough, some of the earliest uh, Jewish settlers or, you know, Israelis to move back to that section of the world, the Levant, yeah. They formed their own terror groups like the Haganah and oh, the yeah. Shinbet, and they were responsible for killing anybody that pushed against their their Zionist movement. Um they killed British Americans. Of course they were killing Palestinians. At the time the British were the colonizers, even though probably a lot of these people were British citizens. Uh the Brits were actually renegotiating the deal for it to be, um, I think more, it was going to be less favorable to Jews than what the Haganah or the Shin Bet wanted. Um, because I think it's the Haganah and the Shin Bet, which were the early um, Jewish militias responsible for carrying out like the earliest versions of these attacks. Um, where they'd go in and just kill anybody. Um, super sad. Yeah, I think the last thing I want to talk about before we just back away from this fucking topic is I'd like to caution anyone listening. Sometimes these social media news sources are not your friends. They There's been numerous, numerous occasions where it's been clips from the Ukraine 
or clips from some shit in 20, you know, 2006, you know, when someone wants to sensationalize and say, look at these atrocities, I would probably implore you to wonder where their footage came from, when it's from all that shit, because there's a good chance it's, it could be factual. This did happen, but it's not in the context of the day. And that would go, and that would absolutely be something I apply to both sides of the fence. If you're looking at Israeli atrocities, consider it. If you're looking at Palestinian atrocities, consider it. This is absolutely a hot button issue where folks want to assume the worst. And if you trot out the worst, they're going to assume it's true. Uh, we've already seen it with... Um, over the weekend, like the big story was the absolute fucking massacre that occurred at a <laughs> music, like a rave for peace festival that happened like three miles north of the Gaza Strip border that obviously it, you know, blinky lights and loud music, the invasion happened and Palestinians were there and I, I there's a a huge body count that happened. One of the stories is, you know, they, they took this, you know, among them was a woman that was recognized and they drove around with her dead body. And that was the news for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, until finally like that, I believe it's a German. I could be, you know, I'll do corrections next week, but yeah, the, the girl's mom said like, Oh no, actually she's still alive. I don't think that was her. So, I mean, this is just much. So, Aaron, you're familiar with Sandy Hook and shit like that, right? Oh, yeah. So, Sandy Hook, people watch that live on the news. And the new, the, the news people will just, whatever's coming from a police uh, wire is what they're reporting. And when the police first, re- you know, arrive on scene, it is a data dump. It's, we think this. Oh, we think this. There could be three shooters. There could be, so, I mean, at, at any given time, you go to CNN or Fox News and like, well, it could be up to three shooters. And then once the dust settles, it's, there's one shooter. But then there's all these news reports that had existed talking about those three shooters and so forth. And that is how conspiracies and misinformation start, is the fact that these 24-7 news cycles have to report what they've heard, not necessarily what they know for a fact. There is no wait and verify. It's as it's off a wire with minimal verification, it's being put out in the world. And then it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle. If you report suspected seven gunmen, most folks at home are hearing Seven gunmen. They didn't hear the suspected part. There is no room for error when you come back and say, okay, actually, you know, once SWAT team came in and took down the shooter, we now know it was a shooter with three assault rifles and 20 magazines on him. And then folks will point at that, like I've already said, and scream conspiracy. They're lying. And then you have a whole Alex Jones thing where, you know, <laughs> they're trying to take your guns. So that's the example I'm kind of comparing news coming out of this conflict to. And we saw in Ukraine, too. Remember the whole ghost of Kiev and all those, like, fucking tall tales they told to, you know, make one side appear heroic? Uh, No, remind me. So there was this whole fire pilot they talked about who took down all these Russian jets. Well... Turned out the ghost of Kiev never fucking existed. It was, you know, it wasn't a guy. It was like a troop of Ukrainian fighter pilots, not like one single fucking ace, the Tom Cruise of fighter pilots. Oh, man. Class. And the Snake Island were like, like, oh, my God, the Russians shelled these heroes on Snake Island. And then later on, like, oh, no, no, the Russians um, captured them. They're on the ship. They're not dead. They're not mortars. Okay. So that's my that's my that's my spiel. Propaganda 
misinformation, disinformation, it's out there. Unfortunately, in this case, I'd probably trust normal media versus what the fuck you're going to see on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. Uh, some news sources that I've come to trust are Al Jazeera English. Um, Can you trust them in this situation, though? Yeah. Um, Vox News as well. Vox, okay. uh, Vox tends to lean on the liberal side, but they usually report pretty well on the uh, global stuff. So they have like a, maybe like a five or seven minute video that, that kind of breaks it down um, very succinctly. And it kind of pulls together some very big, broader ideas and, they, and it simplifies it in a way that's pretty digestible uh, for anything that involves a human story. I might recommend uh, listeners to the lemon tree can't remember the name of the author i did text you the name uh yeah just because uh, uh, that one i find to be a very like it provides the background context but it also provides like a very human story or and it paints a picture that i think is all too familiar in this by sandy tolan there you go um and you know for everything else shoot us an email and between Cody, JM, and I, we can find you some stuff to, to read on. Um, and if you have questions about your sources, I think the three of us could definitely weigh in on that and at least point you in a direction. I don't want to come off as knowing more than anybody else, but I'll no. tell you that, like, the one thing that I feel like I took away from college was the difference between, like, the primary and secondary sources or how to just kind of, like, read between propaganda and genuine um, information because and the news which can also be uh, pretty confusing yeah it's it's tough out there and yeah you can disagree with us but I just ask that you look at shit critically um, I probably wouldn't trust if ted cruz is trotting it out as fact that's some bias on my part but um yeah just uh look at all as uh, open-minded and just consider that one way or another this isn't the end of this conflict i mean the israelis can you know bulldoze over what was the you know area of the gaza strip but there's still a people that would be displaced and those people would be, they would remain to be unhappy and they'll go somewhere and they'll fester there and then they'll attack again. So it's not really a level Gaza as a solution as you know, some folks want to do. It's not a go to war if I ran as some American politicians would like us to do. There's there's some diplomacy that has to happen. And many folks would tell you that the Palestinians don't deserve diplomacy because Hamas decided to make this attack happen. But Hamas is not all of Palestine, and I think that's an important distinction to make. 100%. That, that would be... So there are elections over there, and yes people elected Hamas but who say how fucking fair those elections are that's also the same as painting America anytime there's a politician that's a lightning rod for you know critique whether it's a George Bush sometimes a Donald Trump sometimes uh, I mean those are kind of like the ones that people really shit on but you know I mean it's easy to get Nancy Pelosi Diane Feinstein Hillary Clinton uh, and just Bill any, partic- any particular party where they're in power. Al Gore. And now, and now the whole part, now the whole, you know, the world's like, oh, well, you guys are this. It's like, and then, you know, Americans travel abroad. It's like, no, no, I'm not that guy. I'm not like what these guys say. I This is how I think. <laughs> so I think it's another fucking liberal hand-wringing thing of mine to say is consider there's actual people there and it's not just 
some political party that 47% of a population might have voted in. Like, you don't want to go to France and someone's rude to you because your president's Donald Trump. You're like, I don't even like that guy. What the fuck? Why why you got to put me in? Why you got to lump me in with him? I always call them French fries. I never called them freedom fries. Good cover. Yeah. Good cover. I don't know. Things to consider. Yeah. So I talked a lot. Sorry about that. Oh, you got it, man. I think you hit it on the point. I think you hit it well. But uh, just, be, just be nice to each other. Jesus Christ, people. Yeah. I mean, um, other than that, I really ain't got much, man. Just shooting shit. Yeah. We can close it. Let's see. I think Brittany's making candles. Oh, nice. Just, just boiling wax. Yeah. She has been a candle making fool. It's wild. She's making weed wax. Make it dab soy wax. Oh man, some that'd be kind of cool. Some THC wax. She probably's got that. Let's see if she knows how to do that. Better go check in with her. Yeah, but um, all right. So hopefully JM recovers from his cystness and uh, is back next week or so. And uh, yeah, because we got like two more episodes until Halloween, so we'll probably have to touch on Halloween soon. Gotta go buy some candy. My kids call it, uh, well, my kid, Mackenzie's the biggest talker, and she keeps referring to it as Happy Ween. <laughs> so, like, like, oh, Mackenzie, look, like, you know, Happy Halloween. She's like, Happy Ween. I was like, yep, sounds good. Whatever. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so um, Jane would tell us to do socials. I'm not gonna. Uh, Jane would tell us to do elections. I don't care. Don't so, vote. Don't vote don't, at all. Don't vote. If you vote, they'll just send you to Israel or something. <laughs> don't listen to uh, me. I don't know. If shit is the fan. Okay, so here's one thing. So I watched a movie last night. We got I got five minutes on this. Tops, if that. Oh, look, I just finished the Ahsoka Tano on Star Wars, and that shit was stupid, man. I'm getting ready to cancel my What Disney. show is that? Ahsoka Tano. The fuck is that? Oh, is that Thanks. the one with like uh, Rosario Dawson? Rosario Dawson, yeah. I mean, for the most part, I don't think you could pay me to watch most of the Marvel or Star Wars shows. Yep. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I mean, I'm excited at Loki season two. That's that's out. I I think I plan on watching that. I think I'm more excited about watching the the fall of the House of Usher on. Uh, Netflix, uh, I really like horror and, you know, supernatural stuff and Edgar Allan Poe and Mike Flanagan always fucking slaps. So that's what I'm excited about. But uh, I watched uh, the like a, a Pet Cemetery prequel last night. I don't know. They made a remake in like 2018. It was OK. It was good. But so it was a prequel last night and it was fine. It wasn't a great movie, but like part of it kind of rolls around the draft it's it's 1969 and it's this small town and there's hockey tryouts and the main character has to go to a bulletin board to find out if his fucking number has been called I'm like my god that's insane just like my my grandfather one was drafted one how the fuck maybe they both fucking enlisted oh, okay but, i got you but it was like a enlist or draft sitch for one of them. I don't know. Anyhow. So just the, just the concept that where we are, you know, somewhere in that 18 to 21 age and we've got to go down to the fucking rec center in our town or the whatever. And like, look to see like, Oh fuck. My draft number ends in six. God damn it. I'm up. And it's just this Powerball thing <laughs> like if the fucking right number is up there you're out and if you've got no way to find a waiver you're fucked like, not fucked like you're not guaranteed to die but like you've now been signed up and you know there's anytime that there's uh unrest in the world they start you know the rumor mills like oh they're good they're gonna do a draft they're gonna 
if we go to war with Iran and Palestine, they're going to do the draft. They're going to do the draft. I mean, we're in our 30s. If they draft us, it's really fucked up. <laughs> they, if they get I think to they'd send me a group, letter if they wanted me, and they're not. They don't want me. No, nah, yeah, I already yeah, did I'm my mandatory you. eight minimum. No, nah, yeah, they're, 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 right. Like we're also fucking thirty five, thirty six. Like if our plenty no, young men out there, if they get to us, it ain't good. Go things have gone really. Things have gone really bad, uh, buddy. I'm not saving the country here. Okay, you already did it once. <laughs> Yeah, right. This time, it's personal. Yeah, right, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just like, just think about that, like that movie, and just like, fuck. Like, there was a draft. Like, people just, a number was put, the number was cranked out of a lotto turn thing and ended in six, and you're off to whatever fucking boot camp they chose, and then you're doing Vietnam. <laughs> Fucking crazy. I mean, there's something to be said about everyone having the chance of skin in the game, but it's still a fucking terrifying proposition. Hmm. You kind of hear that from, like, GWAT folks. Like, everyone should have had to serve. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, you volunteered. How can you say that? Like, if my grandpa says that, I'm like... Yeah, okay, you got called up or, you know, whatever situation was. You got called up. I get it. You, you yeah, do think everybody should have had to have served tables or the public. But, like, for a volunteer to say everyone should have to serve is the whole other, like, really? I mean, I understand, like, you did it and that's awesome, fucking love it, but to say everyone should do it is, or something else. Yeah, you got me. So those are my final thoughts, like. I don't know. It's not for everybody. But uh, what do you got? Anything? Nothing. Don't watch Star Wars shows. That's Aaron's thing. Yep. All right. Well, until then, good night. We love you. And fuck Lucas Films. <laughs> <laughs>